Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. This is the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DP Knack Weddings and fellow bride to be. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography, husband, father, and I make the best scrambled eggs in the entire world. The Put a Ring on It podcast is for brides, grooms, and anyone involved in planning a wedding who wants the confidence to pull off an amazing wedding celebration with their most favorite people on the planet. Every other week, we share practical planning advice, insider tips, and behind-the-scenes stories from our own adventures in the wedding world. We pull back the veil and have honest conversations about real things, about stressful things, and about all the things that go into planning a wedding. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the final episode of the Puerto Rigana podcast. Don't say that. I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) Final episode of season five. I had y'all there, didn't I? (laughs) You had Um, me there for a second. I know. I I just I saw the terror on your face. Your eyes got all wide and freaked out. No, we're still doing this. We love this. Um, Final episode, season five, season five, episode 60. Apparently, I can't talk. Um, And we are so excited to be bringing you guys another Q&A episode. Yeah, I'm really excited for this one today. We gathered, um, honestly, some some heftier questions yep. uh, that I'm so excited to talk about and, and share with you guys because I think there's definitely some that others might be going through and might help more people. But but yeah, but season, the end of season five. We're yep. next yep. year, or well, not next year, but next season, man, like we're not toddlers anymore. We're children. Yep. Like yeah. six is legit. Yeah. Yeah. But if we, if you, unless you, unless you go like, you don't, we wouldn't necessarily always go by season. Like if you go by episode, we're, we're senior oh, we're citizens now. Old as dirt. <laughs> yeah. But think about how much wisdom we have. Absolutely. We've gained a lot. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of wisdom, if you guys need to gain a little more wisdom, um, you know, even while we're taking this little time off, uh, we're going to be coming back. When are we coming back, Danielle? We are coming back April 2nd, 2019. April 2nd. Yeah. That's right. Uh, in the meantime, we've got plenty of episodes in the archives for you guys. Um, we've got a bunch of favorites that we really like, uh, but we want you guys to definitely check out. One of my favorites um, is episode two. Seriously, it's I know it's episode two and we're on episode 60, but it's still such a great one. It's called Your Party for Everyone Else. Yep. Episode 32 is one of my favorite, the top 15 wedding regrets. Um, it's also one of y'all's favorite, apparently, because it's almost always uh, at the top of the charts for the most listened to episodes. So that's a good one. Yep. And another really popular one um, is episode 35, wedding planning stress. Uh, right. So if, if you need some place to start, start there and then just get <laughs> really crazy and listen to all of them. Yeah. To clarify, episode thirty-five, wedding planning stress is not stressful to listen to. It's not just it's not just an episode about all the stressful things. <laughs> that would be mean. <laughs> it's, it's about it's about the navig- entire episode is just us saying you're going to fail. Your wedding's going to be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I was just going. You're going to get a hole in your dress. <clears throat> all your hair is going to fall out. <laughs> you're going to get a pimple. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sweating just thinking about all this. <clears throat> Yeah. So, so yeah. Treatments in your oh crap bag. What happened? What don't you, you have pimple treatments in your oh crap bag? I don't. There's no way. Everybody's skin is so different and sensitive. Oh my mm. goodness. No. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, if if you are newly engaged or this is the first episode you're listening to, this podcast, the lovely Put a Ring on a Podcast, is put out in seasons. So we do 12 episodes every season and we try and take little breaks in between. That's because this isn't what Dan and I do full time. Uh, ironically enough, we actually work in the wedding industry. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Run our own businesses. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. But we want to continue doing this. And this is the way that we found that um, we're able to continuously give you really great content by um, producing 12 episodes and then taking a break and reflecting and planning and doing all that. If we were to just do it back to back, I know we've gotten requests for it and we love you and we appreciate it. But it's a lot of um, time and energy that goes into each episode. So we want to make sure that we're giving you our best. And this is how we do it. So if you're new and you're like, wait, Oh my gosh, you guys are the best thing since sliced bread. <clears throat> we know and thank you. Oh my goodness, humble Danielle, humble. Um, it's it's those are some really great episodes to listen to. And whatever you're planning, they're all listed. Um, the titles are pretty obvious what they are. I try and uh, explain it a bit in the description, but jump around. There's really no order or wrong or right way to listen to this podcast. So. Yeah. So before we actually hop into this podcast, I don't know if Danielle knows that I'm going to do this or not, but I wanted to take a moment and just gush on her for a second about how amazing she is. Um, I We have a pretty good division of labor here, um, and Danielle pretty much handles all the email responses. Um, and she she's the true wedding ninja, I think. And I think that um, whenever we get a question, I read the question all the time. And sometimes I'm like, I can't wait to see how Danielle's going to respond to this one because there's a lot of sticky situations sometimes. And I think that one of the things that you are really good at is your ability to be sensitive, like share your knowledge um, and be self-aware and also be objective all at the same time. So like, I think that as you listen to these answers and and listen to what we have to share today, um, there's like some really awesome things that I think Danielle came up with because uh, most of these are are all of these are are her responses um, and her thinking really well through them. And I wanted to give her a little applause for that. So Aww. bravo, Danielle. <clears throat> Thanks, Dan. I got really <laughs> scared there for a second. <laughs> you started drinking your cup of uh, tea My or little something. Tea. And you're just like. <laughs> What? <laughs> I wish everybody could have seen that. She just slowly turned her head back and was looking at me like, what are you going to do? This yeah. is not on the outline for today's episode. It actually is on the outline all the way at the bottom. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> ah, man. Well, good. thank you. It's, it's, um, I love what I do. Uh, I think a big part of what I do is is a big part therapist, though I did not go to school for it. So I appreciate you saying nope. that because I, I never want yeah. any advice that we give to come across as uh, the end all be all or any of that crap because it's just not how it works. So yeah, thanks, Dan. I awesome. appreciate that. So should we jump right in? Let, let us jump right in. All right, here we go. So... Our first question is, what do you do when you and your partner want completely different kinds of weddings? Uh, Alexandria says, my fiance flat out doesn't believe in spending any money on weddings whatsoever, thinking it'd be better to put that money towards a house or something practical. My parents have generously offered to pay for the majority of the wedding, but I still think it'd be appropriate for us to pay for certain things like potentially the photographer, cake, little gifts for our guests, etc. This is partially complicated by the fact that my partner makes more money than I do. So he'd be purchasing wedding-oriented things when he doesn't believe in spending money on weddings to begin with. We combined our finances a while ago, so it's technically our money. But being the primary earner, I believe that feeling of frustration is still there for him. He also only wants a wedding that includes our immediate families with no extended families or friends. I'm incredibly close to my massive extended family and have a fair amount of both personal and lifelong family friends I'd like to invite. I want to respect his wishes, but I'm simply unsure how. We're struggling to come up with a compromise, and I was wondering, given your experiences, if you had any advice on how to find common ground. Take it away, Danielle. <laughs> oh, sure. You get to read the question. I got to come up with the answer. Um, yeah, so... <sighs> I think I think Alexandria, what you're asking and sharing is a difficult situation, and I'm I'm not exactly sure that I have all the answers for you, even that we have all the answers for you, um, Dan. I'm I'm actually interested to hear your thoughts on this, but what what I can 
what I can tell her is that we all often have deeper reasonings for our wants and needs for life. In this case, it sounds like um, Alexandria, your fiance is looking for a more intimate celebration, whereas you're wanting to include a larger part of your family. So I think if you haven't already, I would recommend having a talk with your, your partner about why each of you is looking to have the event that you are. Not just, this is what I want. Um, but really the why. And, and even if you have to keep saying, but why? Yeah, but why? Yeah, but why? And and not to challenge the other person, but just to just to find where you're going to meet on that common ground, because I think it's in there somewhere. I think if it only comes down to money and you feel that as the primary earner, um, your partner isn't yep. comfortable with it, is there an option for for you to earn additional income to cover it. Maybe, maybe that's a solution. Um, yep. You know, maybe, maybe you pick up an, an extra job or alternatively, if there's something you can cut back on in your monthly budget um, or your overall household monthly budget to make up for the cost, maybe eating out less. That's definitely my guilty pleasure um, and my favorite <laughs> yep. thing to splurge on all too often. And it's, it, it really adds up. Maybe it's less shopping. Uh, maybe you get really good um and you start cutting coupons um are there some big items in your house that you're no longer finding use for and could possibly sell to make some extra extra cash to cover these things i think there's ways about it if it just comes down to money um i don't want to make it sound like it's easy to just earn money or uh find money but i think there are things you can do that come with a little bit of sacrifices to make up for it um now, if it's not about the money side of things, um, I think this is where having that conversation is going to help. Either way, it sounds like someone's going to be compromising to a certain degree, um, and but my gut says it's it's a better idea to talk about it early now um, to avoid regret and hurt feelings and and resentment down the line. Because if one of you is going to make a compromise, I think it's much easier to know why you're making the compromise than just know, oh, I didn't get yeah. what I want. You know what I mean? Because that's that doesn't feel yeah. good. Um, yeah, speaking speaking on that compromise, I think I think really this might be reiterating what you're saying, but I think really diving down as to like why it's really important for you to have your extended family there, you know, because because right. your fiance might just see like every person as as a, a number, right? Like I've definitely had grooms who say that he's like he he said to me flat out, he's like I I, I know this is important to my fiance, but. But I like seeing that number in my bank account. I like seeing a, like I, I like seeing that that padded number in my bank account. To him, that was security, and they ended up making a a compromise. But it just really came down to her saying like these. My family is so close to me, um, and I will skimp on these other things if it means we can have like this amount of people there. And I right. think just like you said, Danielle, having that conversation and really drilling down into why it's so important for you know X, Y, and Z. Why why are those things the most important things to you and if that only means like okay you each get to pick the top three things that are most important to you and then the rest of the things go away so be it you know right. there's 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 many ways to find a compromise through this right and i think it's it's safe to say that no one no one should say that you have to fit your wedding into this mold right if you right. still just because you're getting married doesn't mean you need to have a cocktail hour and reception Maybe you still do just a big dinner with with your with your extended family, but you lose the the party aspect or the cocktail hour and the dancing and all that stuff. Maybe you don't hire the band. Maybe you just have a great two hour dinner with with your extended family because it's it'll be a lesser cost. Yeah, you can you can do certain like maybe you just have offer wine for dinner and then you know soft drinks and whatever. You don't need to do a full bar there and and just enjoy the time with your family that way. You know, or alternatively, yep. do a small ceremony, you know, just immediate, more intimate people. Maybe he doesn't feel comfortable saying his vows um, or standing up in front of a lot of people to do that. Maybe that's why he prefers a more intimate setting. Uh, yeah. And then do a big reception or vice versa, do a big ceremony. And then just do a reception for the smaller group of people or do a destination yep. wedding where the number of people is somewhat naturally reduced just by the cost of travel. Though that said, I just went to uh, Mexico for that family wedding and um, <laughs> it was it, 130 people came to that wedding. So it was <laughs> it was a great time, but certainly unexpected and nuts. So, um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, those I those are just my thoughts. I think communication's key. If you get to the bottom and get to the why, um, no matter what, just remember you are marrying your partner and crime and best friend and it's going 
to be awesome, but get on the same page now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the weddings I did recently, uh, I think I've talked about before on this podcast, but it, um, the couple got married a year ago. Um, they, Mm -hmm. they literally woke up one morning and like they were already engaged. They woke up one morning and said, let's go. Our sisters are in town. Let's go to the park and we'll do a self uniting ceremony there. It was just the four of them. They, they found like this nice little cozy spot. That's kind of like an Island, uh, in the middle of uh, a, a river that runs through the park. They said some vows to each other. It was really sweet. And then they left, got some breakfast and went to work. (laughs) <laughs> and then a, so that was like the, this very small, very intimate family side of things. And then later, uh, which was this past uh, c- couple weekends ago, um, they got back together and just had a very simple reception for a hundred and some people. It was catered by Mission Barbecue, so nothing super fancy. They they had some friends make uh, – they're very artsy people, so they had friends make some of the decorations and big banners and all that kind of stuff. And they, they played games and just uh, had such a blast doing it. And it, it was at a really cool venue space. It didn't cost a lot of money. And they still had 150 people there. Um, and it was a really good compromise that they had this whole big, huge thing for not that – generally speaking not as much money as you would have as you know a city wedding where the site fee alone is ten thousand dollars or whatever so um there's ways to figure this out you know so it's just keeping those lines of communication open and just trying to you know make no critical comments that's that's the real key is like when it changes Mm -hmm. from a conversation changes from you know these uh this give and take of ideas to well you did this or you don't want to do that the moment you start pointing a finger or introduce a critical comment into a situation then it just escalates from there so that's really keep your minds open neither of you are trying to offend the other person it's like you just got to understand where the other person's coming from you know right how do you how do you um with the with the money aspect like she says um he's sort of the primary um earner in the household uh that is tricky it is i i come Uh, from the standpoint that god no no go ahead i'm just curious to hear your thoughts uh, I come from the standpoint that um, if if you put all the money into one pot, it's your family pot. Um, doesn't matter if I make more money or my wife makes more than money. Um, it, it's our family pot, and we should decide what to do with that together. Mm-hmm. And marriage is compromise, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's got to be something there. I, I I don't know. I it's a tough, that is definitely a, a massively tough choice. And I know that I, I just don't feel like it's fair for somebody to be holding that over somebody else's head that I make more money, but it's, it, but you're getting married for a reason. Right. So, so that money is everybody's. Yeah. I don't think she's saying she is. I think she's putting that out there, Oh, 100%. Um, which, which, yep. which is understandable. I think I would feel the same way. I heard it said once, um, a couple that I follow who puts out a podcast, but they are a husband and wife team. Um, and that when they chose to combine their finances, they said they just sort of looked at the world or they, I think they said they looked at life as a game and they just wanted to play the game together and earn as much money yep. as they could together. And it just, it, you know, as they go through the world and collect the coins, you know, if you think of Mario, it all just went into the yep. pot. It didn't matter who collected more as long as everybody was putting forth their, you know, best effort, if you will. And we all have our moments of highs and lows, but that was that was sort of the way they looked at it, and I liked that a lot because it it seemed yeah. uh, it's it's a little bit more lighthearted way to look at money, which can otherwise be sometimes a little bit of a heavy topic. So sticky, yeah. sticky, yeah. icky wicky sticky. Yep. Cool. Nice. Cool. All right, all right. So let's go to the next question. The next okay. question says, "Do we have to send save the dates if we don't actually want people to save the date?" Um, so this question actually comes from Emma. I have a somewhat odd question. Basically, the guest list for my wedding has gotten out of hand. How many times have I heard that before? Mm-hmm. I wanted a hundred-ish person wedding, and the guest list has gotten to around 160 with our parents' people. We initially didn't want to send save the dates because, well, we didn't want people to save the date. The problem is our wedding is about two hours away from where most people will be coming from, so they will need to book a hotel. Will it be sufficient time for our guests to book hotels if we send out the invite three months before this wedding, or do we risk there not being any rooms left in the area? What are your thoughts on this? Woo! I feel like this is like, I'll take save the dates for 200, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not Alex. We're going to make it a true daily double Alex? Are you You co-host cheating on me? The guy with the mustache. I love that. I love Jeopardy so much. All right. (laughs) Man. Uh, 
save the dates. I think if you're, I think if you're okay, truly okay with these extra people not being able to make it to your wedding, you're okay not sending save the dates. Save the dates came about in the more recent years. Our parents' generations were certainly not sending these things. And people plan weddings on super short timelines all the time. I did one last week or last summer, rather. We planned the whole thing in eight weeks. Save the dates didn't go out. It, it, was, an, it was invitations right from the get-go. So it, it's possible to do this. Um, regarding travel and room blocks, this might depend on the hotel. If you're setting up a room block, you may have a deadline by which um, guests can book. So you'll want to work off of that. By the way, if you want some good tips on hotel room blocks, definitely check out episode 52 where we talk all about them. Um, yep. But it, I think it ultimately depends on the area you're getting married, the date that you're getting married, if it's a really popular date, or there's um, another big event happening in your area that same date or that same weekend, um, or if you're getting married in a super small part of town with really limited hotel options. I think it's unlikely that hotels are going to be 100% booked at three months out from your date. That's that's my thing. But I'm a planner, so the more that I would want to, the more that I would be able to do early on, the more I'd want to do. But honestly, if you want to limit the amount of people that can come, I would say not to send the save the date. I don't know. Dan, what mm. are your thoughts? Mm, I don't feel like you kind of covered it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying I, I I don't know. I don't think that save the dates are super important. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. You don't um, think let's elaborate. Uh, Why do you think you feel that way, Daniel? Because uh, I don't think that most people are planning that far ahead. Right. Um, unless – all right. So so there are some specific times where I think if, if travel is involved where they've got to fly or something like that. But a wedding that's an hour or two hours away uh, uh, and you send your invite out three months ahead of time, I, no, I don't – I think that you're totally in an okay spot. Um, people are, are totally fine and used to planning things three months out two months out, you know, we plan things a month out, you know, and that seems far sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think you're okay. I think you're fine. Yeah. Again, save the dates only came about recently. Weddings have been happening for a very long time without them. Though if I sort of dissect her initial question a little bit more, she says, basically the guest list, whoops, basically the guest list for my wedding has gotten out of hand. Um, I mm-hmm. wanted a 100-ish person wedding, and the guest list has gotten to around, around, around 160 with our parents' people. Um, I, I think what I'd be concerned about happening here is, are your parents going to be telling their people what the date is? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So then are you only, um, I don't want to say screwing over, but I can't think of a better term right now, but are you only sort of putting your your friends and family that you want to be there in a tougher position because the uh, if, if your parents are adding people to the guest list, I have a feeling that they're probably spreading the word on what the date is and the general details of it too. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe we need to have a discussion with parents right? instead, which is right. another whole sticky situation anyway. Um, you know, and maybe that has to deal with money and who's paying for the wedding and those kind of things where, you know, maybe maybe that's the conversation you need to have to, to scale things back a little bit and uh, and see who's the most important people that need to be there. Um, and if you want a little more information on that, just go back to episode 58 uh, that deals all about parents and expectations and all that kind of stuff. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> okay. So question number three. Um, how close is too close to have a wedding to a sibling's wedding? Our listener Jenna says, and this is a long one, everybody. My fiance and I have been together for six years and recently got engaged. We've been living 12 hours apart for most of the last four years and one more to go as I finish up graduate school. We do not want to live together before marriage and I end my school year seven weeks before his brother's wedding. Is six weeks too close? The other couple seems to think so, but there's no other time that works better for us because of my school schedule and winter approaching after their wedding. If we get married before them, then I can move to my fiance and have the wedding all before I start working full time again. My family and friends 
think that we should do what is best for us as a couple, but we also don't want to ruin any family ties. They are concerned about family members not being able to come to both. And for us, we don't care too much if they come to ours. Hmm. All 30 family members are within driving distance of the wedding, and we have no other mutual friends with the other couple. The weddings will be extremely different, and ours will have a backyard feel, and theirs will be more ballroom-like. We are unsure of how to tell them that we care what they think, but we still we still have to plan our wedding six weeks before theirs. The thought of the, this issue has been so emotional for me and my fiance over the last few weeks. We would love your advice. It's a lot wrapped up in that one too. So, it basically it's is six weeks or seven weeks? Oh yeah, six week is six to seven weeks too close to your sibling's wedding? Um. So when we initially got this question with permission, I shared it on social media. Um, and most people said that if family's traveling um, or your parents are paying for both, um, then it's usually best to keep that in mind because a six-week time frame is a bit too much for most people, especially if, if parents are paying. That's that's a lot back-to-back. Um, -back. Uh, yeah. I think most people said six months or more is best. Um, but... Jenna mentioned that all of her family is local, so perhaps perhaps that's not an issue with a bunch of people traveling. Um, hmm. She doesn't also say who's paying for it. I think that right. would be helpful, right? Right. Um, so if I'm rereading this, um, Jenna is saying it's the their wedding will happen seven weeks before his brother's wedding, meaning her fiance's brother's wedding. So we've got two grooms essentially and if we're thinking traditionally um grooms parents aren't contributing as much as the bride's parents i don't know how much we want to get into that um but maybe it's safe to say that um there's there's different people contributing to each one from a financial mm -hmm. front um i don't know to me to me six seven weeks is, is a bit tight unless both siblings are cool with it i think if if you've got one person that's really really uncomfortable with it and and they're very outwardly stating it I, I think it's i think it's best to respect that i don't think it's a great move and could potentially cause big drifts down the line if you're stuck and you need to get married at that point perhaps just a, a small private legal ceremony at the courthouse instead of doing something big um, which i think is a super romantic move but i mm -hmm. don't know this way you're able to move in together, but it still gives your um, your family time in between two celebrations. Yeah. This is a tough one because it's it, it's like, all right, well, how many people does it affect? Because the I feel like the guests, it doesn't really affect them that much, right? Like, like they're going to see it as like, sweet, I got two weddings to go to. I got two parties to go to. I got two whatever that are two totally different fields, right? And they're two, right. two brothers. Um, so, so really what you're talking about is how much you're concerned or worried about how much this is going to affect the brother's relationship or the relationship between the two uh, couples, couples, right? right. Because right. The, there, there's no friend overlap between them, as she said. Um, right. The only overlap is really the parents and maybe some of the aunts and uncles, which is only about right. 30 people, she said. So I don't know. I, I can see both ways where it's like I part of me wants to be like, all right, well, that, you know, the second couple, if they've been planning it for a long time, I can see how they'd be a little bit hurt by right. like this other couple planning their wedding pretty quickly before their wedding. But I also can say like, yeah, but it it's a it's a marriage and that's exciting and it's exciting for both families to get married and it's not like there's a huge um, financial aspect to both of them like you said if we're kind of talking traditionally so I don't know I, I want to say it both ways um, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if that I would be that upset about it if I was both couples but I also I don't know right I, but what I'm saying is I think if if one couple is expressing it I think you need to have a conversation I don't think it's safe to just ignore it and plow ahead oh, yeah. with plans hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Let's go to the next one. So the next question is, do I have to invite my mom's new boyfriend to my wedding? Sarah says, my dad passed away unexpectedly a few years ago. In the past few months, my mom has started dating someone new. I only met him once, but I didn't get the best vibes from him. My wedding is just a few weeks away. And while I'm glad my mom is happy, I'm not sure what to do. My question is, do I have to invite him to my wedding? And if I do, how do I make sure people know that he is not my dad? That's tough. 
That is a tough one. So, first, I'm so sorry for your loss. I think losing anyone, especially a parent, is is rough. And while time can heal that extreme pain, big life moments really tend to make it feel all very raw again. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think... I, as with most things that we talk about, but this starts with having a private conversation with your mom without the new boyfriend present and to find out what does she want and expect um, when it comes to his involvement in the wedding itself. Maybe she might not want him to come. She, you know, this is something where her and your dad's extended family are going to be coming and it might just be a little too awkward for everyone for her to have this person here. On the other hand, she might need that support system. And if um, she's really happy in that relationship, uh, I think it's, it's something where having that, that partnership there would be really beneficial for her. Um, but yeah. I think it's a matter of finding out from her, how does she see him as participating in the day itself? Um, I don't know. Personally, unless this person has been in her life for quite some time, which it doesn't sound like it, it they have been, I don't think they should be treated as anything more than a plus one. And I mean that respectfully, but they're, yep. they're, they're welcome to attend and have a great time, but respectfully, they wouldn't be part of any special, like walking down the aisle, family photos, right. special dances, in the same way that any other not random, but random plus one would be treated. If yeah. your maid of honor was bringing a date, they wouldn't be in the photos, though you're excited that your maid of honor has this great date. You know what I mean? I'd say they're mm-hmm. okay to sit next to her at dinner and maybe even at the ceremony, but I think it's also possible that the new boyfriend, depending on his personality, may not be comfortable with sitting at in the front row at your ceremony. He, They may opt to sit a little bit farther back. You know, it's just, it depends on... It depends on their approach to it and and who they are. I think if they're trying to step in and take over as your dad, then that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, I yeah. I, I think if you're like I said, if your mom does want him to attend, he should be invited um, to the events that she is again the same way as someone in your wedding party, um, with the thought that she would have then a companion throughout the day. You know, somebody yeah. to somebody to dance with, somebody to enjoy dinner with, that type of thing. I think if it makes you extremely uncomfortable, um, maybe ask your mom if she would mind if he didn't attend. But I, I think it's important to keep her feelings in mind because while it's obviously an emotional day for you as the bride without her dad there, um, it also may be an emotionally really hard day for her too to not have your father there. This might be something that they've been, you know, likely thinking about since since the day that that you were born. So um, I know we had a situation really similar to this last year. And um, we basically gave the photographers and videographer team a heads up that um, the person, the gentleman that was with the mother of the bride was just a date. Um, at least in, in that moment, he was, he was just there for that. Not someone to focus on in photos or in video. He wasn't purposely taken out of shots. Like he was left in just the same as everybody else, but he also wasn't intentionally included or grabbed to be part of a certain thing. So, and I think giving that little bit of a private heads up, um, in our case, everything flowed really smoothly. It didn't seem like there was any situation where we were trying to navigate that. Um, if the guy's being really pushy, we've done it before. And I'm sure you've done it a ton of times before, Dan, where you've taken the photo with the person and then you take another photo without the person yep. and you just scratch the, the photo with, with them because it's easier to just roll with it than fight it in that situation. Cause just because there's a photo of it, as long as you have one still without it, doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. That happens all the time. And, um, one of the things I would say is like, if you're worried about like your, people like wondering how how your mom's date is related to you or if he even is related to you or they're worried that he's going to be your dad then then bring your dad into this a remembrance of him somehow make sure you you can honor him in some way um i mean i have seen everything from uh bride walking down the aisle with a picture of him Mm -hmm. um and uh, to to a um, an empty seat at the the front of this outdoor ceremony, there was you know a bunch of chairs sitting out, and uh, an empty seat with um it was a the groom's mom, and he uh, he put a picture of her and a rose there, mm-hmm. um, and that seat was left uh, open for her. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so I think that, uh, you know, if it's if it's as simple as a picture with a candle um, at on a on a table or something like that, or if it's as, you know, open and as in front of everybody as uh, an open seat with, um, you know, Rose or something from him or or something or or maybe you maybe it's really subtle. Maybe you you want to feel him there with you and you can get a tie of his or cufflinks or something and wrap it around your bouquet, something like that, whatever that What's looks that? like. Um, and and just, you know, have him there with you to know that, like, you know, while this other person is there with your mom, it's not your dad. Um, and and that can be your little, like, gentle nod to your dad um, mm-hmm. that, you know, because it sounds like you, it, it sounds like you didn't get the best feeling from it or from this guy. So, like, you know, you don't want anybody else to know that. And sometimes maybe that just means that you need to speak to your own heart and and that you like, you know, need your dad in some way close to you. So doing some of those little things just right. for you, for your own comfort, that might help too. Yeah. I feel like it, it is a hard balance for some couples to honor those that are no longer here um, without making it feel like a memorial for that person. Um, totally. There, there's always a line that can be crossed that it gets a little too sad. And this is a joyous yep. occasion. You want to remember that person, but you don't want everybody to sort of feel really down and heavy about it. So it's really tough. Yep. And I think it just comes down to doing what feels right to you. Um, mm-hmm. I also think that if you carry this with you into the day without addressing it somehow, yep. a lot of your energy and thoughts are going to be consumed by it versus if you address it, let it go and uh, move on from it. I think that might be a little bit more healthier way to approach it. Yeah. Uh, the last last thing that I have to say is I remember um, a couple of years ago, I had a groom who lost his dad uh, not terribly long before the wedding, maybe within a year or so. Um, and they didn't do anything special. It wasn't anything crazy, except that the shout was always his jam, right? <laughs> like the shout was always this dad's, this dad's jam. And so they played that song and everybody lost their their minds it was crazy like everybody was dancing so hard it was and the groom was he he lost it himself during it it was very emotional for him um but what was interesting is is the joy that could come out of such like a sad thing because everybody knew obviously like this was his jam and something was missing but it was this like it was this way to kind of gather everybody and what what had like a little bit of a a uh, a weight to it, mm-hmm. you know that he there was this person missing that they were able to like do something that he loved. And and um, and really own it and uh, and do something joyous in a time that was a little bit heavy. So, yeah, I don't know. And this might just be something that you have to reflect on and Mm -hmm. and find out what's going to be best for you. Right. You know, to be able to do that. Okay. I agree. hundred percent. Cool. Well said. All right. Next one. And we got two more to go, right? Two more here. Yep. Okay. Okay. Next one is, at what point should you consider firing one of your wedding professionals, and how do you do it as politely as possible? Uh Elizabeth writes, in a nutshell, I have a wedding planner that I have hired about three months ago, and she has barely done anything for us. I booked a photographer and a venue myself before hiring her, but we haven't booked anything at all with her, including a caterer, which I am starting to freak out about being 10 months out. At first, I was sympathetic because she was finishing up the fall wedding season, but three months has passed with very low and unresponsive communication. It makes me nervous when it gets down to crunch time in the months leading up to the wedding. I want to fire her, but my fiance has basically told me, take a chill pill. She seems like she has a plan. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. I'm losing sleep over this situation. Thanks so much. Woo! Oh my gosh, I'm so happy I don't have a bride named Elizabeth right now because I would be like, oh my God. Not that I would ever consider myself to be unresponsive, but what if I'm not getting your emails? Anyway, um, uh, first, don't freak out. 10 months is plenty of time Mm -hmm. to fix what you've got going on. Um, And and fix could mean a bunch of different things. To specifically answer your question, um, which is at what point should you consider firing one of your professionals? I think it's the easiest response is as soon as possible. Um, If you're not finding the relationship to be a good fit and you feel that this individual isn't doing the job you hired them to do, it's time to part ways. Um, The sooner you do it, the better. Otherwise, the situation will only get worse, and then you'll also have less time to find a solution and get the ball rolling again. 
Um, it sounds like in this case, I'm assuming you hired the planner to sort of lead the charge on planning. Um, there's a bunch of different levels of planning where there's just help with day of, also called wedding management, um, where they are much less involved throughout the planning process. Um, but I'm assuming there's either a lack of um, being on the same page with, with what the services were supposed to be, um, or this person is just simply not doing what they're supposed to do. So um, if it's someone that you just hired to manage the event itself the day of, she might just be waiting on you to make the decision about the caterer. But it sounds like you've reached out and you haven't heard back. And in any case, to me, that's just unacceptable. Um, busy season or not, three months is far too long to be yeah. um, to be waiting on a response. Uh, I love, <laughs> I like that she says she's, she wants to do this as politely as possible. I thank you for mm -hmm. remembering that this person is a human being. Um, you're essentially breaking up with them and it's important to remember that it's not going to be easy for them to hear. So A plus gold star sticker for you yeah. <laughs> for that, you know? Um, but ultimately check your contract with them. Um, in terms of doing things as politely as possible, there should be a section that breaks down what happens if anyone should need to cancel your services, not due to a change regarding in the wedding itself, but just yep. to a change of... Um, circumstances you're likely going to be out any payments you've already made plus you might owe for unbilled time i it it a potential cancellation fee there's lots of different things um but again check the contract and let her tell you what's owed if, if that's the right you're going to go don't assume either way that oh we know we owe you this let her tell you what's owed she may just let you out of pay payments or refund you some money um she may feel like she dropped the ball a bit and feel a little bit guilty so um so yeah, I think from there, you'll also need to supply a written cancellation. Usually email is acceptable, letting her know that you're no longer in need of her services. You'd like to cancel the contract. Um, if it were me, as I'm writing that email, I wouldn't get into any specifics other than we just don't feel it's a good fit for us anymore. But if she pries and asks for more, um, I think it'd be helpful to have a full, a few concrete things, not necessarily opinions or petty stuff, but just, just facts of why you're just not happy with her services. And mm -hmm. you know, that feedback that feedback might help her with future clients going forward. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if it's worded um, respectfully. Yep. And not that she's a bad person overall. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I think maybe also having a conversation with her. What do you think about this, Danielle? Saying mm -hmm. this is the things that we were expecting um, and we're concerned that like this is not what we're receiving. Uh, is, are we missing something here? Uh, uh, what's going on with you? Is something going on? Because uh, in my own personal life, um, about five years ago, uh, I, I photographed an engagement session and the couple said that they really loved this space. And I was like, okay. So I shot a, a, a little slightly differently than I normally would have or that I would normally would now. Um, I got the pictures back and they said, we really love them, but we feel like there's they're more for the the place that we took the pictures and not for us. And that was that's a hard thing for me to hear because my number one mm -hmm. concern is always I hope like I want people to like their pictures. That's what I'm literally giving them. Um, and and it was just as simple as them saying, you know, we like we really like them, but we feel like it's it's not quite us. You're missing us. And this was actually a catalyst that really changed how I run my business. Um, that it's not me thinking what's cool and what's awesome. It's me needing to understand who these people are and what they like. Um, mm -hmm. And so we, it was a very simple thing. We we did the engagement session over at a different place, um, and they loved everything. And I uh, I asked more questions, and then the wedding was ultimately even better then because we had kind of had this like eh, not so like awesome thing that we we grew out of, and then I, it required me to learn more about them and learn more about their style and that kind of thing and what they were expecting because it was just a, a um a a case of like missed expectations. Um, right. And again, this was like five or six years ago when I was, I think, you know, maybe two or three years in business and I, I was still learning and all that kind of stuff. And I think sometimes that kind of stuff happens where, you know, right. you just need to have a conversation and say, Hey, we're, we're just expecting something else that we're getting here. What's, what's going on? You know? Right. I think it's, they gave you an opportunity to make it right. Yep. Um, and you weren't, you weren't, you thought you were doing the right thing initially, yep. but um, but everybody's human and those things happen. Um, I think I'm the type of person, and I don't know if this is how I'd handle it in this situation, but I know I'm the type of person that defaults to, uh, let's just cut ties, clean break, move on, mm. next thing. Gotcha. Um, 
I tend to, I, I think it's just I'm a little bit more black and white about things because mm-hmm. I would, I'd be nervous about that certain bit of looming, ah, but we sort of expressed our feelings here. But I think you know yourselves best in the situation. Yeah. And you know what you know so far about this planner. And I think you just need to choose which way you can approach it from there. And there's just options. Um, but either way, you are, you are not, um, you are not in a, really really bad situation you've got time to work through this and i think just the sooner you make the decision the better in terms of everybody because this the the situation isn't getting any better with time but take what you need to figure out what's your plan of attack is and go from there yeah oh also too i wanted to mention um we actually did a whole episode on contracts it's episode number 27 where we we break down these types of things a little bit more obviously we're not legal professionals in any way shape or form but that's a good episode to check out if you want to dive into it (laughs) is that the episode that we just keep going force majeure (laughs) probably (laughs) force majeure i'm pretty sure that's what we said i don't know what other episode we would have said that during pretty sure that's it that's it so Get excited for that one. <laughs> uh, All right. Okay, last question. Last question. <gasps> last one of season six. Five. I mean five. <laughs> <laughs> last one of the put a ring. I'm already cast. thinking ahead. No. <laughs> Don't get that out into the universe, Dan. That's bad juju. Yeah. So, all right. Knocking on wood. My desk is made of solid mahogany. Um, <laughs> okay. None of my family or wedding party is local. Is it rude to ask my friends for help with the wedding planning? Amanda writes, I've asked two of my very best friends to be my bridesmaids at my wedding. The problem is that none of them live local to me in the slightest. As for my family, they're also pretty distant and have showed zero interest in helping me plan. You've mentioned on the podcast before about having fun together to do DIY favors and assemble invites, and I don't expect my friends and family to fly in for every little project, but I am feeling a bit lonely in the process. Oh. Over the years, my fiance and I have made a few good friends who are local to us. We're keeping our wedding parties pretty small, but they'll definitely be invited as guests. My question is, is it rude to ask for help from good friends if they aren't in the wedding party? Am I being a jerk by saying, hey, would you mind helping us assemble some of the invites one night? Or would you mind coming with me to taste some cake flavors, that kind of thing? I never want to overstep and I'm having a hard time asking people for help. What do I do? Aw. Yeah. Oh, I can start this one. Okay. Um, no, I don't think you're rude at all. Um, I think most people... <laughs> I'd love it if that's all you said. No. <laughs> no. Danielle, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's rude at all. And scene. <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, I think any time that... Like, in general, people have a good nature and they want to help other people. Um, especially for weddings. Any way that people can can help out somebody with their wedding, I think generally makes people feel kind of special. And if that means, even if those people aren't in your wedding party, if that means having some of your friends who live close to you over and saying, hey, I I just need some help. Can you guys come over? I'll buy pizzas. I'll have wine. I'll have beer. Just help me make some of these favors. I would love that. I'm willing to bet. It's like moving, right? It's like whenever you move, nobody really likes to move except, wait a second, hold on, wait a second. Everybody loves doing wedding stuff. It's like moving when, like you just pay your family and friends in pizza and beer. Like, you know, they're not going <laughs> to ask for like pay or whatever. They do it because they like you and they want to see you happy and whatever. Same thing with wedding. You know, many hands make light work, That's right? That's it. That's it. Just have fun with it. Definitely, definitely ask people and they will be like, yeah, totally. That's awesome. You're amazing. Yeah. yeah. If, if a friend of mine was 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 in that situation and they asked me for help i'd be honored yep. first of all because it makes you like you said it makes you feel special to be like oh, i'm helping them out with this stuff and it's super understandable if you're um if your closest people live pretty far away i i'm even willing to bet that they're probably feeling bad that they can't help you with this stuff so i would say to still find ways to include them in things that um, make sense maybe bounce ideas off them whatever it is but i mean who wouldn't want to go try a bunch of cake flavors one day you know what i mean like make it a this planning a wedding you guys can be stressful and and overwhelming and emotional and financially a suck but there is so much good and positivity and freaking a the whole reason that you're doing this is to celebrate your union with your partner right that's the whole thing everything else 
we say it all the time, the entire rest of the wedding is a luxury. So if you're going through this process and feeling lonely and feeling crummy about it, um, not to say as you're doing it wrong, but I would dare to say challenge you that that there's there might be a better way and a more positive way to approach this and a more fun way to go about it it doesn't have to be well um you know well they're not a bridesmaid so they really can't help me do this thing no i don't think so i think if you've made these good friends first of all i don't think not being bridesmaid is such a bad thing Uh, being a bridesmaid is or anybody in the wedding party is a time commitment a money commitment when you get to just be a guest you get to come party (laughs) have a good time sit with your date you know what i mean like i i don't think it's necessarily a terrible thing um but I, I do not think it's rude at all. I think maybe part of that is coming from a personality that doesn't want to feel like they're being a burden on other people. Yeah. And uh, I just want this person to know that they are not a burden, um, that they are a wonderful person. And I think if they have a good tribe of people around them, that there's nothing wrong with asking for help, not guilting people into help, but asking. Yeah. We love you, Amanda. Yeah. You're doing great. Yeah. We love everybody. We love all the ringers. <clears throat> I'm going to get that to stick. <laughs> oh, uh, we didn't have any questions from any guys. I want to hear from some, from some guys out there. Are there any gentlemen who listen to this podcast? I want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. What's that face make? We definitely want to hear from you. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking through my notes and trying to see if there's anything else that we need to share um, other than we'll be back April 2nd. Have a wonderful rest of your winter unless you're in australia where it's summer right i think so i don't understand how the world works nope <laughs> just just blows my mind <laughs> but yeah we will we will see you guys soon keep planning keep listening to episodes keep your chins up stay positive keep reaching out to us yeah. we're not going anywhere on the email front so and if you have ideas or things for upcoming episodes <gasps> we would love that so much because yep. we're 60 episodes in and sometimes we uh just can't think of stuff to talk about. Yeah, or or even if you don't have a brand new idea, if you want us to elaborate on something, um, we've got some plans to do a couple of reworks and, and elaborations on some of the episodes that we already have. But if there's something you guys are like, hey, you know, we we want to hear this or we want this, you know, can you elaborate more on this episode, whatever? Yeah, let us know. And we'll be happy to um, help you out with that. Go team. Awesome. All right, ringers. Boom. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. We love you. And if you haven't yet, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps us out so much, you guys. You can find the show notes for today's episode at PutAringOnAPodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget, um, connect with us on all of the socials. Yep, I am at DPNAC, D-P-N-A-K, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And I'm at Daniel Moore Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moore Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. And remember, you can always send us your questions on our website or on the Put a Ring on It podcast Facebook page. We really do our best to answer every single one we get, and we might even include yours in an upcoming episode. Finally, know that you are awesome. And no matter what, remember that your wedding is going to kick butt. Yeah, it is. Bye, guys. <laughs>